Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, you don't, you don't think about it or try to think about it, but, you know, when we're chasing a playoff spot, we know that we have to get those. So it's, it's a good feeling to me and a good feeling for the team. Ugebeke Luganen, Sabres goaltender, after yesterday's game, and he continues to be a major shining light for this Sabres team. He's well over 900 save percentage, well under three goals against, and it's it's just, it's just been a lot of fun to see his progression, and now kind of yesterday felt like the culmination where he, I mean, he was lights out in the, sh- in the shootout. Lights out. Four oh, yeah. for four in terms of saves. Absolutely great for him. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out here for the next hour. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show, and it's brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at Northtown Auto. Dot com. Josh, you had a fun tweet that you were seeing during the break that you want to bring up here. Yeah. And it's going to give me no blind hope, but I think oh, it might give you a little bit of hope. It's given me blind hope. You remember how I said my optimism was kind of shifting all towards Bills drafting a wide receiver? 100%. Well, yep. it's feeling more and more like the Bills are going to draft a wide receiver. I just, I'm putting it into existence. It's going to happen. Okay. It's going to happen. So my optimism is shifting back to the Sabres a little bit because they're on a three game winning streak, and this tweet kind of reignited the fire so joe put out his one of his polls earlier about you know how aggressive do you want the sabers to get if they you know make a push for the playoffs here with the the points and everything like that and and the trade deadline only being uh like a week and a half away Mm -hmm. jonathan tweeted in the last time the sabers made the playoffs in 2010 2011 they didn't get a three-game win streak until february they got hot they got hot in march and april how many points back were we then i can't find out how many points back they were at this point that season. But I wanted to fact check this. Everything about what he said is true. The Sabres in 2010-2011 played bad in the first month. They Mm -hmm. had two separate five-game losing streaks, one of which was six games into the season. They won their first game, and then they lost the next five. Okay. And then they won another one, and then they lost the next one. And won and lost, and won and lost. It was just like this season. Fun. In February, on February... 12th okay hang on where'd it go yeah gotta make no, sure february 10th they okay. got their third win in a row over the florida panthers a 3-2 win in overtime okay a little bit of a parallel there that kind of got me excited a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. and like i said i couldn't find how many points back they were at that point but then for the rest of the season it was kind of the same but they would get three wins here two wins there okay a lot only a loss here a loss there and they ended the season on a four-game winning streak. They made the playoffs comfortably, too. They made it with 96 points. The Rangers were the last team at 93. Okay. And this was before they do the divisions now where it's the top three from each division and then the next two best teams. So this mm-hmm. was a little different back then, but it really wouldn't have mattered because the next best Atlantic team was 85 and the next best Metro team was like I said, was 93. They got the last spot. That was the Rangers. So the, obviously this is the year the Sabres lose to the Flyers in the first round. The Flyers that year had 106 points. 
in second place in the in the conference, which is crazy. Yeah, wow. But looking at this, and then looking at the team they had as well, you had Thomas Vanek as your leading point scorer with 73 points, Drew Stafford next up with 52, and then Jason Pominville as well with 52. Okay. It's kind of similar to looking at the Sabres this year and looking at the point totals they're kind of projected to finish and things like that with, you know, Casey Middlestat leading the way as your leading point scorer. Mm-hmm. Your top scorers aren't really scoring. I mean, sure, Vanek at that time was kind of your top scorer since Breer and Drury left, and he was scoring, but you didn't really have anybody else. In this sense, you don't really have Tage Thompson scoring, and you still don't really have anybody else. I think that's the thing. is like, I, And that's where my big fear is coming. Is like, And, and I, I listened to our own Paul Hamilton today with, with uh, Joe in the 9 o'clock hour, and that, that was kind of my – that, I was waiting for Paul to say because like this this is how mm. I was thinking. I was just like, no one's scoring. There's not like a guy taking over. There's and Paul said he goes, they're still not really scoring. They're they're grinding out goals. They're right. getting dirty goals. I mean, like they had a power play goal last night, which is like a shooting star at this point. But like, I was frustrated in the beginning of the game, Josh. Tage Thompson. It was not a it was not a breakaway, but like he, he's coming off the right side of the ice. It was the first period. Gets a cross-ice pass, he's taking it, and the defender's on his left side, and he's just coming up, and it just the shot just had no gusto to it. It was low. It didn't really have any kind of threat, and it's just like, it feels like that's how Tage Thompson's season is gone. It's like, even mm-hmm. though you're seeing the handles are back, he's becoming more of a threat again. It just doesn't seem like that power's there. It just doesn't seem like, last year it felt like if he had any sort of open patch of ice when he was shooting hell on earth was rising for that goaltender like (laughs) they were in a rough spot when he when tage got that puck in overtime where that that was another thing i was like man that's a goal like there's no way right in front of the net there's really no defender immediately around him he's able to make a move or two and it's just a it's a dud it's a dud yeah you know the same with alex tuck i think also in the first period he's coming up the same side it's another cross ice pass and he just loses the puck entirely, doing almost nothing, it looks like. Yeah. And, like, that's where, like, Paul brought up a lot last week, and I, and I totally agree. It's just, like, you need those guys to show up. You need your big dogs to become those guys to will this team to game, to, to wins, especially when you're getting such a, goal, a good goaltending. Right. You've got to be able to do that. And that's where it's just, like, I'm, I'm thrilled with last night's win. I'm thrilled that they finally have put together three good games in a row, and they've won them. Mm-hmm. But like that's where I'm just like, can they go on this run here? Because it's not like UPL's got like a, a, a Saber Sins of like 940, and he's like under two goals against. And it's like, no, no, guys, like you have to try to lose. Like it, like he's willing you to games. He's playing incredible. Yep. But it's not that good where it's like truly disturbing stuff. And they're just not. They're not scoring. Still, they're still having a tough time with that. And like that's where. If they do do anything at the trade deadline, like I know it's it's a full rumor. I don't think it's anything at all. But the Brady Kachuk thing. He's from Ottawa. I, I don't really think that that's going to be a trade at all. Interdivision trades, especially it, because like that. of that. Exactly. Yeah. But that would at least get me excited. The idea of like maybe shake up the top line and go. No, we're going to get a guy who's got 25 goals this year. His numbers overall are down, but he's got 25 goals. You throw him right up there. He's not his brother, but he's still a big forward. He's still mm-hmm. fast. He still gets it done. He. I think he'd work beautifully with uh, Thompson and Tuck. And of course, in this you would you would trade Skinner in that deal. I get it, but probably yeah. You but you'd have to give again, something big. I could not see Ottawa taking that deal. But in terms of like if they do make any moves, for me, it's got to be somebody that helps you now and in the next year. It's not for a rental. 
But like, it, and again, like that's just where, I, like, for me with the Sabers, as much as like this is going to be fun, if it's still just them grinding out goals and do and, and just and scraping wins, that'll be fun because you you got that little like you know the the gritty feeling that like you know fans end up loving, and I and I get it, I'm one of those two. The cardiac kids, the cardiac kids. But what made them feel so dangerous last year, and what it made it feel like they were they were entering a period where oh man, like they might be one of the powers of the East. Mm-hmm. was because they had guys putting up 90-point seasons. They had guys like Dylan Cousins making it look like he was going to be a perennial 30-plus goal scorer. Tuck really took a step forward. Skinner was Skinner. You know, your kid line looked amazing, and you thought all those three were all going to come up together. I, like That has been easily my my most disappointing part of this season. Is that for The a, two of them. Or well, the three I, of them, I should say. The three of them plus Cousins. Yeah. And in part, it's because just this team went from being so fun to watch last year. And they lost games. Like, they went on losing streaks. Don't get me wrong. And they still missed the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But it just, it gave me a level of hope we have not seen in a long time. And it gave me hope, not just for last year, but going into years forward, that just they had figured it out. I talked a lot about it last year, about just how much I had appreciated Kevin Adams actually seemingly caring about drafting. And realizing that like that is how you, for the most part, build your teams. And then you trade a few pieces to get clear-cut guys now. But you look at the team and it's just, I don't know what happened. I don't know what discussions were going on about them needing to change everything. But the fact that it took around 50 games in for them to become what they did or, or what they were is frustrating beyond belief. And that's where, like, even if they go on this win streak, and I, was, and I brought up in the first hour, even if they go on this win streak, and it's amazing, and we're all having a blast. Let the, for argument's sake, let's say they win the next 10. Just for argument's sake, they win the next 10. Wait, as you're saying the next 7 games or the next 10, they're on a 13-game win streak? 10-game win streak. Okay. I was going to yeah. say 13. Not, not, th- not 13. Not 13, 13, I would be. They win the next 7, they're on a 10-game <laughs> win streak. Yeah. Aren't we all just more frustrated that they they waited till the end of the season essentially to do this? Right. Aren't yeah. we all kind of sitting here going, where was this in the first few months of the season when you guys were healthy outside of like Jack Quinn, when you had the entire fan base backing you? I mean, that's where I get incredibly frustrated. Is I sit there, you remember when the season began? The Bills were what six and five, six and six, somewhere, and that there, season yeah. was looking like it was going to be lost real fast. Yep. And you looked at the Sabres and went, and honestly went, at least we got the Sabres. Right. I remember tweeting that a mm-hmm. few times after the Bills lost. Because we were honestly was, sitting there and going, yeah. Oh, oh, hey, I'm excited for you guys. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah. And then the Sabres come out and they lose five to four to one, five to one on opening night. Yep. To in a very bad, frustrating their, loss. Their October, they are four and five. They are three and three at home. Yeah. They start the season off a 5-1 loss to the Rangers. They then lose 3-2 to the Islanders. They get a win over Tampa Bay. Then they fun. lose then they lose to Calgary and that begins what ultimately is a season of just lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose right. one. And it's just and but, it kept going. But like I said before, that 2011 2010-2011 yeah. season was the exact same way, but it wasn't like you had the expectations. I mean, I I, I shouldn't say that cuz I don't remember that if there were expectations like there were this year, but I don't think there were because last Last year mm-hmm. was so much different than you have had in the past 10 years, whereas back in 2010, 2011, you look at the 10 years before that, and it was, well, hey, we were competing for Stanley Cups for a while, and now we're like, okay, minor rebuild time, let's let's figure it out. So it's, it's, it's a different landscape, 
But in the same way, it's not. Mm -hmm. Because you were going through a transitional period. This year's kind of a transitional period of, all right, your young guys are getting older and you're bringing in some of your more predominant prospects mm -hmm. to mold in with the guys that were your prospects. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of this, like, coming-of-age team where it's, hey, you're, you're an NHL veteran now. Go out there and play like it. And, and it's, figure and it's what it we were out. talking about in the first hour of like, why are you still treating them all like this is their second game in the NHL? Right, exactly. Like, and, it's okay to threaten a guy's job in professional sports. And, and I'm not saying outright threaten, but like, no. make him feel like, man, I got a performer. I'm not going to be in Buffalo when this team gets good. Uga Pekalukinen. He is the perfect case study for this. We'll never know what those conversations were. No. But in my but, head, the fact that they just kind of anointed Levi in the offseason mm -hmm. is like going to be the guy. We're going to play him till his legs fall off the whole thing. It. I don't care if it comes out years later that that's not what happened. It is my headcanon now. UPL ran with that and yep. is now looking like the Sabres are going to have a dominant one-two at goaltender because Levi, now that he is playing in Rochester and learning professional hockey, looks, looks unbelievable in Rochester. Yeah, right. Looks unbelievable. He's keeping them in games. Rochester has had their issues this year. Levi is keeping them in games single-handedly. Yeah. And that's fantastic. That's what he should have been doing all year. And I know I was very excited for Levi. I thought he could make it at the NHL level. He played great in the seven games they needed to, needed to have him play last year. And I, like a lot of people, were very excited. Like, it was an exciting time. You had a, the best goaltender since Ryan Miller. and Arguably, and, I mean. Arguably, you know. oh, yeah. There, sure, there's been moments from other guys. But y it looked like you had, hey, this young kid's going to go on a run and we're going to go on the playoffs and we're going to do something here. And then it, you built on that in the offseason of like, well, we don't really need a goalie because we have Devin Levi and we'll figure the rest out later. Lukanen, yeah, you might be a waiver claim. You might be sent down to Rochester. And then all of a sudden, you come into this season, Levi doesn't look great, and Lukanen pops in out of nowhere when you're like, well, I guess we have to go to him. And it's like, yeah, no problem. I got it. Let's, go, not, let's go for it. And that's the, yeah. that's the thing that's, that's – like I said, if you look at Lukanen, you can look at him as the perfect case study of, hey, play for your job and you'll earn it. Exactly. Like, play for your job and you'll earn it. And, and like – I also wonder if we all were jumping on the Levi bandwagon. Yes, those seven games are great. Mm -hmm. And yes, we were all excited at the prospect. But we were also all kind of told, pretty much from the word go of the offseason, Levi's the guy. Yeah. They're not going to add a goaltender. They're right. not going to trade for one. I mean, I it became a running joke that whenever Paul Hamilton came out with the afternoon guys, that it was just like, they're not adding a goaltender. They're not going to do it. <laughs> right. And like, so that's, like, did we all kind of just get to a point? Yes, we're excited. But did we all kind of just accept it was going to happen? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's where some of the hype was. It's just, like, it's going to be Levi. Like, it better work. And we got to a point that, like, I don't think many of us really ever thought that UPL was going to have this kind of season. Right. And yet, here we are. Uh, do you want to get connected to our fans here real quick? That's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Todd tweets in. And he's talking here on the offense. That's what I can't figure out. How is Thompson, and to a lesser extent, Tuck not scoring? I was so frustrated last night with Thompson not scoring. Still the funniest game I've watched. Or still the funnest game I've watched all year. I do agree on that. I had a blast watching that game. It oh, was yeah. a, it was a great overall game. Yeah, they've won nine to four. That was a, it was a ball. Loved that. <laughs> but in terms of who the opponent was, the circumstances. You're you know you're at home. You've won two in a row. There's always kind of this fun little joke of like, can they win three in a row? Is, it, is today the day? <laughs> right. And they finally do it. And it was just, that was nice to see it finally happen. 
But yeah, man, like just where is the scoring? Right. I don't think this is the team. In, in in the sense of, like, this is who they actually are. No. I don't think no. so. Well, that's the thing. People have been throwing around, like, oh, was last year a fluke? Is Tage Thompson going to be an elite scorer? This is the fluke. This season is the fluke. That last night showed that. And I know Thompson didn't score. I would say even the last few games have showed it. Oh, well, yeah. Like, he's not getting on the score sheet, but he looks back. Like he, It looks like he's been dealing with an injury. And that was the big thing last year, too, was there were, there were points last season, especially from January on, where Tage was invisible but the team was still winning yep and that's the important part here that's where like i want this is where i want to go next because throughout this whole season it's been this looming thing of what are the sabers going to do with casey middlestat and if anyone says anything but sign him unless it's a screamer of a deal for a trade it's the wrong answer you have to sign casey middlestat because he has developed the way you wanted him developed he's Mm -hmm. developed into what you want it just took him a little longer because you tried to rush him at first, and that's not the fault of this GM and this coach. Yeah, it was not it this. Was, it was not this core. Right. It was the Phil Housley era and Botterill. I think so. Botterill. Yeah, think that was when it was. Yeah. Botterill Murray like kind of switched off somewhere in there. I there were too many of them. I can't keep them all straight anymore. Um, <laughs> but but that's where I'm at with Casey Middlestep because had you not rushed him, had he played in the AHL for the right amount of time and whatever, and like let's say. Two years ago was his first year in the NHL. Or last year was his first... No, it wouldn't have been last year. Two years ago. Two, three years ago, yeah. Two years ago was his first year in the NHL, or first real year in the NHL, first full season. If this is what you're getting out of him right now, after what would be three years in the NHL, this is exactly what you're asking for. Yep. This is what you're looking for. This is great. But because he's been here since he's 18... It looks like he's almost like a failed prospect, and it's well, like, oh, okay, yeah, let's, he's been here since eight, like, yeah, he's eighteen. Like, right, he's twenty four now. Is this just a good year, and he's going to go back? He's going to regress to the mean next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think so because he looks completely different. Again, playing for your job to a lesser extent, but it's still the same idea of Lukanen, where Middlestat comes in, and he's this golden boy of oh my god, he's going to be great, and then he's nothing. And then you bring in Tage Thompson, and he's fantastic. And oh look, Dylan Cousins is pretty good too. Oh yeah, Casey Middlestat. Yeah, he's just he's just kind of there. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he's your guy. He's yeah. leading your team in points. And he has been and you're, basically he's all one of year. your bright spots. He's got 44 points in 58 games, 13 goals, 31 assists. I know the contract might be kind of expensive, and you don't want to give another guy a seven-year, seven million dollar deal. Well, the thing? But, I'm I'm not giving Casey Middlestat that. But you also can't give him the Reinhardt treatment of hey, we're going to no. sign you to a three-year, five million dollar deal, and then we're going to price ourselves out of you in. Your first year of UFA. Because mm-hmm. Middlestad's an RFA this year, and he's an RFA next year if you sign him to a one-year yeah. deal. So, if anything, sign him to a one-year contract. This is probably not something he wants, but if you're the organization, mm-hmm. sign him to a one-year deal as a prove-it prove contract mm-hmm. and see what happens next year. If he continues it, give him the big payout or yeah. big-ish payout because you can't keep giving everybody $7 million yeah. deals. I think that's my thing. Though, is like, I, I've kind of come to this just a Casey Middlestat's going to be on this roster. I think he is going to he sign. Has to be. I think he's going to sign a long term deal. Unless you get a great trade, like yes. you said. But so speaking on the trades, then like even for this year and next year, you do need help on the blue line. You need help defensively. You've got to get rid of some of these prospects, man. Like I'm going to be hammering that point until we pass the deadline, and then I'm likely going to be hammering the point that they didn't do anything, and I'm upset because there's just where where is the room? Right, And even then, with some of these guys you have now, I still feel like we maybe should talk about trading some of the guys they have now. 
Like Skinner, I love Skinner. I would look all offseason for anyone that wants to take on the, the rest of that contract. That contract's getting tougher and tougher as you're getting closer to Tuck needs an extension. Yep. Quinn and Paterka need The idea of not having Quinn deals. on that top line next year because yeah. of Jeff Skinner's there, and I, lo- and I love Skinner, and like, that's where I don't want this to come off as bad. But the idea of not having him on that top line with how good he has been mm-hmm. when he is on the ice, and his injuries are not like, oh, man, he's he's picking up injuries. This is bad. They're fluky. He takes yep. a big hit, and his leg bends weird. Yep. We don't know how the Achilles happened, but he clearly came back from that just fine. And really the big thing here as well, we know this injury doesn't have to do with the Achilles. Yeah. Or his, or his ACL. So that's phenomenal. So, But like the idea then of holding him back, because we have to keep this same core exactly there. Quinn looks like a guy that might be an 85-point guy. If he plays an yeah. entire 82-game season, or 78, 82, because I think, I think Thompson's topped out at 78 most of his career. Both, he looks like a guy seasons. who is going yeah. to, yeah. He, but he looks like a guy who's going to be just like one of your, your future guys. Yeah. That just you lean on heavily. Paterka kind of looks like the same thing. But if because you've kept Skinner here, who's not going to be here anymore when you are even great, let alone good at this point, that's frustrating. When you have prospects like Matthew Savoy where you're sitting there going, where does he fit? Yeah. And and that, that's just where I've, I've got to see something from this group for me to even get excited for next year. Because this offseason and now leading into this year, look, and I said it yesterday, I got excited. I was pumped when power scored, but I I am on a knife's edge with this team. It feels like every day, like I'm excited today, but you can already hear to my voice. Just that the just cautiousness. Like, yeah. Ca- yeah, caution. And I'm, I'm kind of with you. On, I'm getting there on Skinner, but I'm more so like, yes, maybe, maybe look around for trades. Maybe why not? But I would more so find out where else he works in your lineup. Use this year and even the beginning of next season. Find out where he works. See if he works with Middlestat. See mm-hmm. if he works with Middlestat and Paterka. Mm-hmm. Benson and Paterka. Benson and Krebs. Some, something like that. Because Krebs has looked great when you put him with Benson, Paterka, and Middlestat. You mean people that can actually play yeah. offense? Exactly. <laughs> and, and now I don't want to see you know the, the Ralph Kruger treatment of, oh, well, Skinner's going to go down the lineup because he needs to learn how to be a team player or something yeah. like that. But I want to see where else Quinn can work. And if Quinn coming back away from Cousins and Paterka is still detrimental to them. Because that's the thing. When Quinn came back and was put with Paterka and Cousins, Cousins looked like Dylan Cousins. Yeah, absolutely. And Paterka kept going. And that's the other thing that's exciting about this end of the season here where you can kind of get close. Quinn can come back and play in the last month or so of this season, which is... And you'll, and you'll still be able to see him and, and how he's looking, which, I mean, again, up to this point, and, like, I'm going to remember this now and, until he plays another game. 17 games played, 12 points. I mean, like, he came in and just w- a light in the dark kind of deal. I, I mean, he had two points in his first two games. He, and he looked like, good right away, yeah. like you brought up. Like, he immediately made Cousins look like Dylan Cousins again. And, look, that's where there's also this frustration of, man, like, Maybe they never go on this scoring issue because Quinn's there, you know, day one. He doesn't hurt his it doesn't hurt his Achilles. He's there day one, and the second line keeps going, and we're fine. Maybe I don't know, but just I think it's, it's just I'm so frustrated with this team because I, I want them to do well. I liked this group so much last year, and it did just feel like they kind of I don't want to say ruined it, but really just hurt any kind of fanfare people were feeling with this team. 
Do got to take a quick time out here. We'll look for your calls, 803-0550, if you want to join in on the conversation. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. And we'll be right back after a quick time out. This is WGR.